I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. With me, Omar Mansour, Enterprise Lead Global Projects for Codebase Technologies, and Adrian D'Souza, Senior Consultant, CEDA Management Consulting International. Our topic for today, creating digital experience that drives financial literacy. But I want to start not with financial literacy, but with digital literacy. How do we manage potential digital barriers? Change is coming. Change has come uh, so very fast in the last few years, and it's going to keep on happening. Omar, if I could start with you, what are your thoughts on this? Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that you basically asked this uh, particular thing, because everyone jumps straight into the financial literacy without realizing that the actual foundation is the digital literacy of things as well. So one thing is for sure that a lot of the Gen Zs and a lot of the uh, Gen Xs have started to get used to having technology as an enabler. And what happens is uh, when you have uh, applications or software technology that comes off as overwhelming to them, they tend to discard that. And then it basically does the exact counterproductive intention that was already made for. I think the best way to actually manage this particular nuance is to usher it in as a step-by-step process as well. Because in this day and age, if you look at the media we consume, everything that we basically consume, it's so overwhelming that if you were to basically give the same level of stimulus at an earlier generation, like let's say in the early 90s, we would not be able to consume things this fast as well. But now it's become that such that you can look at an image and you can basically consume a one-hour classroom's worth of material in just a few seconds as well. So in terms of digital literacy, it's more of how you basically disseminate that information to them so that they're comfortable enough to basically use it. I think what I'm hearing from you is, yes, we do need perhaps to slow down a little. Do you think that's true, Adrian, that we need to slow down the rush to the new cool technology to allow consumers, whether they're individuals or indeed businesses, to learn and understand what's already available, what they can achieve with what's already there? Yeah. So when we talk about information that is available digitally, I believe the key is how an individual needs to search, shift, evaluate, and then apply that information that that is available. Now, there are various tools, there is various social media platforms. And the key out here is that there is too much information that is currently floating around, which individuals have to see what's right for them, what's wrong for them. This is something that varies from person to person as well. So when we look at about how fast uh, technology is flowing with respect to the digital environments, technology is very fast evolving, but it needs to keep going because if we slow down on technology, we don't know where we will go at that particular point of time. And in fairness, I guess, around the world, lots of people either have a feature phone or a smartphone we've moved away from the computer on the desk. It is going to be the device in your pocket. Let's focus now then on financial literacy, because I might be comfortable using my phone. I'm not necessarily going to know what I need financially. How do we deliver on that? How big an issue is this? Adrian, if you'd like to start with that one. So that's a really interesting question. So Whilst today we see, especially the Gen Zs, they're given a phone at a very young age. I believe that I was nowhere in place at that particular age to use an internet or know anything about finance. We used to go out, play around, throw a ball, 
play football. But today it's all about the phone and people are a lot more involved in finance and financial matters. Kids are a lot more involved in finance and financial matters. But the key out here is about imparting that education at a young age itself to ensure that the good traits or good habits are picked up up front. The, the focus should more be on practicality rather than theory, theory that we have today in our education systems where it's more of calculus derivatives, which we don't typically apply going forward. So this is something that needs to be picked up at a young age where governments and public policy creators have to make sure that the younger generation picks up the right things at the correct point of time. Well, I want to be brutal here and say that's great, sounds sensible, but right now it's not the younger generation that has the money, it's the older, perhaps more experienced people like myself who have a few years under their belt who are trying to tackle the technology, who are trying to tackle the the financial literacy. Omar, what do you believe would be the solution there? How do we get, okay, people of my age more comfortable with tackling the digital environment and tackling the financial environment? Excellent, because I wanted to actually uh, talk about a couple of use cases that I myself have personally experienced as well. And I'm going to talk about three different demographics, someone my age, uh, someone uh, my uh, mother's age, and somebody who is much younger than myself. So the first one basically is now you have new technologies coming out, new smartphones, new features. With new features allows you to use new softwares to roll out new initiatives as well. So for example, right now, the talk of the town is youth banking as well. So you have Children between the age of 12 to 18 having access to a bank account, their own debit card as well. Now, financial literacy comes from that perspective, from a child's perspective, is that they learn that the value of money, that's one second. When they interact with the application as well, that application gives them these tool tips or these little hints of what they can basically do with it. Like, why don't you save five dirhams every day or five dirhams every week, et cetera, and so forth. And they learn what savings is. And then at the same time in North America or places where taxation is a thing as well is like, so this is what a VAT basically means. So if you purchase something on the application itself, like for example, a banking super app, you know, it takes a certain amount of that. It also then gives you like an insight into like, okay, so you bought this many things. This is how much you paid in taxes. And this is what you could have saved if you did not do that. So you see at an age of 14 years old, when you're exposed to this, you get hyper aware. Now, the second one is the parents who basically have these applications on their phone that allow their children to be able to apply for a youth card as well. You know, limitations. What are the limits that I can do on this? What can I control on his spending? Oh, he can basically apply for a scholarship on XYZ. And this is how I will have to pay for it if he does apply for a scholarship. These are the schedule of payments. So people my age, and I know a few people of my age who basically do not understand the concept of savings, the concept of long-term savings pots and goals, et cetera, and so forth. And because of that, at my age, you'd expect them to have a certain uh, level of financial literacy, but it's not been instilled in their schools, you know? So you'll have people who graduate with degrees in fine arts, et cetera, and so forth, uh, non-financial or non-banking sort of uh, involvement as well. And they have no idea how to go ahead with that. And then lastly, going to someone like my mother. Recently, Codebase worked on a project for uh, this one particular thing in Pakistan, whereby uh, people were able to 
open bank accounts overseas as well. So I decided to also, you know, <laughs> sample my own product and open a application as well. I asked my mother to open one as well. And then I told her that I would be transferring you money from time to time as well. And she didn't understand how that concept basically works. So when she downloaded the application, there were certain guides, tooltips, the way the applications workflow, the UI UX is designed to basically cater to not just a specific demographic, but it's across the board as well, whereby somebody from all spectrums can then basically utilize these things. And now she's getting the hang of it. She's learning it feature by feature, you know, and she started to become more digital savvy than it was before. I mean, 33 years of knowing my mother, you know, and I never thought she would basically start investing in sukuks, you know what I mean? That's one way to basically take a look at that as well. It all depends on the experience because if the experience is not good enough, it doesn't matter what demographic or age group you come from, you will always have resistance. Well, I think you've touched on the key issue there. The digital experience that is going to help with financial literacy has to be created, has to be tailored for the audience, has to be tailored for the product. Are people paying enough attention to this, though, Omar? I'm not talking about the consumers. I'm talking about the providers. Obviously, code-based technologies, you gave us a very good promotion there of how your system worked. But are people receptive to this in the technology industry? Are they receptive to this within the, the financial services industry? This is a yes and no answer as well. Yes, they are receptive to it. And no, they're not. Because if you look at all the new applications that basically have come out, they basically cater to a younger generation. They're not designed for the older generation or for the, or, or the very young generation. For the very young generation, the light has started to slowly shine on it, but not fast enough. However, most of the applications, if you basically see, are tailored and designed for people between the age of 21 to the age of 40 or 45. Anybody beyond 45, that application is not designed for them or anyone below the age of 21 is not designed for them. So yes, they are, they are addressing this issue, but they're still not co-creating together something that is universal across the board as well. Okay, and Adrian, I, as a consultant, is this something you should be explaining to people as well to the the kind of people that you're doing projects for and saying you need to include this you need to see this audience as well omar hit the nail on the head when we talk about uh, different segments in terms of the age groups as well how what we see out here technology along with everything else comes with a cost uh, so if i try to cater to if a bank or an institution tends to try to cater to different age groups, different segments, that means they would need to focus on a larger customer base, which increases their overall cost, maybe providing a different mobile experience or a mobile app for someone who's below 21, another mobile app or experience for someone who's over the age of 40. This is something where we see banks are more reluctant to move forward, given that they typically we see uh, the strategies which are coming out are more focused towards the youth and having them banking for a longer period of time with the same bank. So that is the key focus and that is where we see banks going. But I totally get from where Omar is coming from that ideally we should look at an overall experience across the different segments that we have. What needs to be done, I guess, is to persuade a financial institution that it's actually worthwhile in terms of the bottom line to do this, because banks are not charities. They're there to make money. 
Exactly. So uh, definitely. And it's not just that. I mean, today when we talk about apps, it's more for those who are digitally literate. But when we talk about financial inclusion, we are talking about a lot of the unbanked population which is there and how banks and fintechs can explore and provide the unbanked population the necessary services to bring them up to a parity with others. So this is where we see that regulators or policy innovation that comes up from the regulators has to play a key role in improving the financial literacy across all types of segments and across all types of masses as well. All right, let's turn that on its head and look at it from a technology point of view. Omar, what can an organization like Codebase Technologies do in the way of providing solutions for now and indeed for the future? One of the things that we basically do is we do R&D, not only just on a tech perspective. We do R&D on a business perspective as well, on a regulatory perspective as well. So in order to create something, we need to understand the environment we're in. We need to understand what the business opportunity is and how the regulator can basically support it. And that way we can either tailor or co-create that technology component to support that as well. Because if you create the technology without keeping these two components in mind, it becomes very difficult for you to basically address the actual issue that you want to basically solve. Because usually what people have done is they've taken the traditional approach. They've always tried to create a solution by identifying a problem. Nobody has efficiently yet figured out what could be a potential problem and then create something to address that problem when it arises as well. I like what Adrian basically said. He says, you'll have difficulty going forward with any innovative solution if you do not have the necessary regulatory support as well. Because at the end of the day, no matter how innovative or how inclusive your solution is, if you do not have that necessary support from the regulator, it is very difficult for you to basically address a problem, whether it's current or about to happen as well. So that's one of the ways that we basically look at when we want to address something from an innovations perspective as well. And I'll give you the best example If you look at a lot of these buy now, pay later platforms, and the best example is Klarna. If you look at Klarna, Klarna basically came out with a product that allowed a type of financial inclusion whereby people who were not able to have an efficient credit score or credit rating, et cetera, and so forth, were able to apply for products around credit as well in four simple payments. And what that happened was it took the market by storm, but then it backfired as well because a lot of people basically were not paying on time or they basically defaulted, et cetera, and so forth, thusly affecting their valuation as well. But because there was bare minimum regulatory involvement, as for example, like an involvement with the credit bureau connected to their system as well to do the necessary credit checks so that they could basically give out this particular service to those who were eligible for it, it basically ended up hurting their overall business as well. So what seems like a problem today or an opportunity, actually, let me say that. What seems like an opportunity today could potentially become or morph into a problem later on as well. So we need to basically study all spectrums before we can co-create something that would stay for for time to come. Omar Mansour of Codebase Technologies, Adrian D'Souza of Cedar Management Consulting International. Thank you both very much.